I would say be fearless. Um, it really does take that. Um, I, I have talked to so many people. I was a, I was coaching football for my son, just, you know, the little league football type stuff, seventh, eighth grade kind of a thing. Um, one of my assistant coaches, great guy, still good friends to this day. Um, he came up to me and says, we got talking about business. Like he, he goes, I have got the idea that I know will make me a millionaire. I just know it will. And I'm like, awesome. What is it? He's like, I'm not going to tell you, you'll go do it. And I said, well, one, I won't, but two, and I, he's, I said, I said, fine, don't tell, I don't care what it is. I said, why don't you go do it? He's like, he literally said, because I'm, I'm afraid I'll fail. Mm. And, and I think that has stopped more people from ever becoming successful than any other thing. Everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Lock, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, or podcast if I don't get too tongue-tied, Devron Larson, and uh, introduced uh, Devron a bit. He grew up on, on a farm, so man out for my own heart. I don't know if I grew up on a farm technically. I grew up doing a lot of things on a farm, but didn't actually grow up on a farm. Um, Dad always told him to get an education, ended up getting or majoring in chemistry, at least, or went into chemistry. Um, and then I think in the fourth year of college, doing a lab, couldn't picture himself do, being in a lab for the next 40 years. So decided to not or didn't want to finish up the career, or degree. Instead, went and bought a franchise in carpet cleaning. Uh, sold that, invested that, or invested with a, a company and a friend. That went well, and then I think lost everything. You correct, he can correct me where when we get if I get anything wrong. Started up another carpet cleaning business at the same time. Was working for I think it was a marketing company, and then the marketing company or around the kind of the housing crash and that took a turn. And one day saw another car, uh, carpet cleaning ban on KSL put down a deposit after he put down the deposit told his wife that that's what they're going to end up doing um, and uh, got back into that started up the company took a huge pay cut invested everything they had and then been building that and then growing it ever since and uh, making it to a success so with that much as an introduction welcome on the podcast Devron. thanks a lot Devin. appreciate it Absolutely. Now, and now I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm worried I'm going to call you Devon because Devron and Devon are so similar that I'm going to end up messing up your day because I, I'm, uh, because it's too similar, but uh, welcome on. So I dived through a little bit of your journey and kind of give that quick uh, run through of kind of where, or what your journey was, but now let's go back a little bit. Tell us a little bit about growing up on the forum, getting an education and then how, uh, how your journey went from there. Yeah, just, you know, um, great parents, uh, good work ethic, of course, you know, taught, taught me that. Um, every summer I'd go up on a farm. Most of my friends were out, you know, goofing off and playing and stuff and going on scout trips and things like that. And, and I was always working and I didn't even know it. And I just, that's just how life was. I didn't really understand any different. And I went, when, even when I, I got older, one of my friends said, yeah, we, we always felt really bad for you. And I'm like, why? He goes, because you just always had to work every summer, all summer, the whole entire time while we were all like goofing around and I'm like, hmm, well, I didn't, I, I just didn't, even, I didn't know the difference. I didn't even know that was an option. So, you know, just worked really hard, but the whole time my, my mom and dad were really big on education because they didn't, they didn't have degrees or anything like that. And, you know, but they were kind of entrepreneurs as well. They owned a farm, they owned like a bowling alley, they owned some apartments and real estate and things like that. And they did okay. 
um, they ended up actually starting some restaurant franchises and did pretty well with that. And anyway, mm -hmm. but um, so I just kind of had the entrepreneur mindset, but they always just wanted me to go to college and, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I, I was going to do this and this and this. And I thought, well, I really like chemistry for some reason. And I like science and math. And, and so I thought, well, I'll major in chemistry. That sounds like a cool thing to do. Maybe sound a lot, maybe sound a lot smarter than I really was, but, um, <laughs> and, you know, so anyway, I got going into school and, uh, I was in about three and a half years and I just remember specifically being in a lab one day and, you know, mixing a couple of things together and, and then watching it for a few minutes and mixing some more stuff and watching it for a half an hour. And I'm like, this, this is awful. I hate this. <laughs> and then it dawned to me like, well, I, I love the learning of chemistry. I like, I like the classroom part of it, which was crazy, but um, hmm. the lab part, I just dreaded and hated it. It dawned on me that that point I'm like, well, you're not what this is what you're going to be doing every day this kind of stuff and I'm like oh my goodness and it was it just it shocked me it literally was like oh, like an aha moment like holy smokes you know I'm not just going to be a, a student forever I'm actually going to be doing this and so um it didn't take me very long just a few weeks to realize that that is not what I want to do so um while I was going to school just to work my way through school and pay for it I was I was managing a, a chem dry carpet cleaning franchise hmm. and um I decided, you know, I'm not going to do the school thing anymore. And so talked to my wife and we made some decisions and we had the opportunity to buy that franchise. And so at 23, I went and got a $40,000 loan and well, 39,000. And to me, which back then, you know, 30 years ago was a fortune. I thought that was a, that was just a crazy amount of money. Um, but and let me, and before you get too far, I just had one quick question. I'm guessing that when you tell your journey, other people ask, I mean, you've been three and a half years, you're almost done with the degree. <laughs> well, you know, if it would have been me and I'd not tell you how to live your life or do your journey, it would have just finished it out, even if I never intended to use the degree. So what was the thought process in saying, hey, yeah, I could finish it out on the other. And I get on the other hand saying, if I'm never going to use this degree, if I never want to go down that route, why would I spend another dime on type of thing? But how did you build that? Because I, I, I would assume that parents or you or other people thought I'm close. Why don't I finish? So kind of how did you make that decision? never really cared what anyone else thought. And so I just, um, I'm, I'm a very, um, I make decisions quick. Um, and, and sometimes that's good, you know, um, in business, there's, there's times where you don't have a lot of time to think about stuff. Um, but this wasn't specifically that case. I had plenty of time, but it was that definitive of an aha moment for me. Like, Oh my goodness. Like, I do not want to do this. So I finished the semester I was in and I actually would have had another full year to go. Um, I didn't just have one more mm -hmm. semester to go. It would have been with the way I did things and whatever, whatever, it would have been about another year. And okay. so, um, but it was pretty definitive moment for me. Like, no, I am not doing this. I will not do it. So there was just no point for me going any further into that specific degree. And, you know, um, could it have opened some doors? Could it have been a better thing? Sure. I'm, I'm sure it would have, but I really don't have too many regrets because I, literally never would have stepped foot in a chemistry lab had I done it. Uh, well, mm -hmm. I don't think I would have, um, mm -hmm. but I just love the entrepreneur um, aspect of things. I, I'm, I feel very comfortable. I don't know if I'm very good at it, but I'm very comfortable with um, taking risk. And, and um, I just, you know, that never, that never was a concern for me. So just like, Hey, make up, move, you know, make a decision, move on, go with it. Um, take some risk. It's just, it's just never bothered me. Now, luckily I have a phenomenal wife and she's always supported these crazy ideas and stuff. And 
Um, sometimes they worked out really good. Sometimes they worked out not as good, but um, that's just, that's just my personality. Make definitely makes sense. So, and I get it. I said it in the one sense, you know, I did it a bit different. I, I got to the end of engineering school and said, Oh, I like engineering, but I don't want to be an engineer. So then <laughs> that's, and so I went and did law school and the intellectual property, which was, you know, I like being engineering. It was kind of a good mix for me to, but I definitely get to getting towards the end of the degree and say, okay, you know, this really isn't what I want to do. It's not what I'm passionate about. And I can't see myself doing this for the, the, the remainder of my career. So now you did go, you went and bought the, you know, lever scenes to, you know, kind of went out, bought the, the franchise, bought the, the cleaning stuff, started yeah. on that. And how did that go? Or as you dive into it, as you took the $39,000 loan, as you mentioned, how did, how did uh, that go for you? Uh, you know, as a 23 year old kid and it, you know, it was, it was a scary step, but um, I had done it. I'd been managing that for about a year, year and a half. So I kind of knew the, I knew the ropes of the industry a little bit, but, but um, then when it came to be mine, then it was obviously, you know, you treat it a little bit different like everybody when it's actually your business, you know, you treat things a little bit different, but um, you know, uh, that's the one thing I did learn about when you invest is you're, you, you are committed. And I will, I will, if we're talking about, you know, what, what are some things that I've learned in my journey? And I'll just, I'll just side, sidetrack here for just a second and say, sure. that's one thing. Um, if you don't invest something and you, you can just walk away at any time. Mm -hmm. it, it, typically when the times get tough, lots and lots of people walk, not everybody, but lots of people walk. And so if, you know, if you're not going to invest something, whether it's your, whether it's money, would be the most important, but, but especially just your heart and soul and your time, but you've got to invest something or when times get tough, which they will in any entrepreneurship type thing, <laughs> mm -hmm. you'll just walk. And so that's just a little side note, but you know, we didn't really have the option to walk. So we spent about the first four years building that up. Um, got it to a point where it was doing pretty well. We actually hired a, uh, a person to manage that forceful time. I still kind of help oversee it and stuff. But then I had a chance to start another company with a cousin of mine and um, where we did like sales and marketing stuff anyway. Uh, and it went really, really well um, for the first couple of years. And then um, the fulfillment company, we had fulfilling the product portion and the service portion that we were actually marketing and selling. We didn't find out that they weren't fulfilling for quite mm -hmm. a while. And then by the time we found out, it kind of collapsed in on itself and we had mm -hmm. a lot of refunds and we had to reimburse a lot of people and, Anyway, um, one thing led to another, and um, I sold that chem dry uh, about a year after that, and well, a year before that, I sold it to help fund that marketing company and stuff. And then uh, everything, when everything went bad, we end up literally losing everything. Again, one of those things where, you know, you take the risk, you roll the dice. In this case, um, you know, we got uh, we got we got kind of burnt on that one, and you know, we lost everything. We walked out of our house. We gave our cars back. We um, we had three kids, small kids at the time. Um, we had, I, I bought this little old truck, Toyota truck to get us around. I think I paid $1,500 for it, you know, and that was all we had to our mm. name. Um, anyway, and so we started over and I started another carpet cleaning company, did that for about six, eight months, sold it got enough money from that to kind of get us now, back. In one, one question I, I just had out of kind of curiosity, because I get, you know, there, 
I completely agree. You have to strap in. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to run your own business, do your own thing. It is far from certain. And you're going to have those times where you feel like you're a success and times where you feel like you're an utter failure. You're going to hit both of them and you better be prepared for both of them because they both have their pros and cons. But now as you do hit, you kind of lose the house, you lose the life savings, so to speak, you lose the cars, you know, you're kind of going through what would be a very, you know, low point in, in, in entrepreneur journey. You know, how did you pick yourself back up and say, okay, I just got out of a, a carpet cleaning business. It didn't go well. I'm going to start another one right out or, you know, start out and was like, Hey, I got to earn an income. It's out of necessity. Was it, Hey, I still think I can do this right. And I've learned the lessons I need to do differently or kind of, how did you move on from that and uh, start to rebuild? You know, I don't know. It's weird because I never really, I mean, yes, it was a low point. I certainly didn't pick that outcome and that's not what I wanted to do, but it never really, I don't know, it just, I never felt like depressed or like, oh, I'm a failure. I mean, it was hard. Don't get me wrong. Um, we actually had to move in with like my in-laws for like six months just to get back on our feet. Um, but, you know, uh, my sister, I, after this all happened, <clears throat> my my sister came up and she goes, well, um, did you file for like unemployment or for welfare or this or this or this? I'm like, I didn't even know I could never even it literally never even crossed my mind. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, no. And she's like, well, why? And I'm like, well, I, I, I had a job. I was, I started this company. She's like, well, I know, but you can still get, get all these benefits, this and this and this. I'm like, it never crossed my mind. So I just, I just never thought, well, I just got I just got to go. And so this ended and now it's time to go and you got to move on. You just, I, I don't know. I just never even really had time to think about it. I just, okay, we're moving on. We got to go. And, mm. and that's just my person. I was like, Hey, you just got to go. And so it was like, okay, hey, what can I do? What do I know? I said, well, I can start this up. I still had some equipment. So I just started back up. I started marking. I literally went door to door. I, I gave away my service for free just so people get talking about me to begin with. Um, I just did, I, 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 I did anything I could do to just pick myself back up and Within about six months, we were able to kind of get back on our feet. We moved out of there and got just a, a little apartment to begin with. And then um, about a year later, and and while doing that, I, I then sold that company. And that kind of gave us enough money to, to move on. And then I went to work for this marketing company just as a little bit more stable job. But then I started another carpet cleaning business on the side as well. So I've always had a carpet cleaning business just because it's something I know and I do and and I'm, I'm you know pretty good at and hmm. And just a way for me to make a lot of, you know, extra income, whether I had a job or not. Um, and then I just really, I just thought, hey, I'll be at this marketing company just for a year or two, just to get my feet on the ground. Such a great company, great people, great guys, loved working there. They treated me super good. Um, I moved up the ranks quite fast, um, still having the carpet cleaning business on the side. Um, that was kind of my golf and travel money. You know, that's what I used it for, really. Um, mm. It's a lot of fun trips and a lot of, you know, I like to golf, but um and I thought, gosh, I'll just, but end up being there for 12 years um, at this marketing company. It was great. Just, uh, again, great people and great experience. Well, in 2012, well, 2008 through 2012, they took a beating in their, in their business and their profits and stuff. And in about uh, January 2012, I could kind of see the handwriting on the wall where things were headed. It, was, it wasn't looking good. And so I, um, I thought, well, I better make a plan B. I had some savings. I had a 401k, had some money, um, not a ton, but you know, I had some and, mm-hmm. um, we had a house and everything and thought, well, okay, what, 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 what's plan B? I better start, I better start looking for it. Cause I knew what's coming. Mm. 
well, I found this carpet cleaning van um, online and it was kind of the setup they wanted. It was kind of the full package. It was real, it was a beast. It was, it was a really good one. And I, I really wanted it. And so um, it was about a two hour, two and a half hour drive away from where I lived. And I went and looked at it one, one day and drove down I'm like, yep, that's what I want. I put a $10,000 deposit down on it, said, hey, I want it. And this was in January, about, about a week and a half later, it was a Saturday. Oh, it was a Friday night. And I said, Hey, do you want to drive to Fillmore with me? That's where the van was at. She's like, Fillmore. <laughs> what? Fillmore? And Fillmore's like, you know, if you know anything about Fillmore, it's this little dinky town that she actually had a couple cousins that lived there and or something like that. And she thought I was going to go over and visit her cousins. I'm like, no, no, um, I want to do that. I'm going to, I said, I, I bought a carpet cleaning van. And she's like, you did what? I say, yeah, I bought a carpet cleaning van and has all the equipment. And I was telling her about it. She's like, why did you do that? And I said, well, just, you know, I wanted it. It's cool. And, you know, who knows when we'll ever need it. She's like, well, do you think we'll ever need it? And that was the first time I actually broke the news to her that it was like, there's a possibility we're going to need a backup plan. She's like, really? I said, mm. yeah. And she goes, well, how much did you pay for this van? I said, I, um, between I put down and we took over his, his lease on it and some things like that. I said, I was about 45, 50,000. So I think I told her, I said, I like 50,000. And she's like, oh my gosh. And again, amazing wife. She's like, hey, whatever. Another crazy idea this guy has. And Well, you uh, have I'm a better gonna... wife than I do. If I came in and I said, I put down 10,000, it's going to be about 40 or 50,000. My wife would have been like, go see if you can get your money back. And so then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. Like literally, awesome. I, I couldn't do this without her. And so I can't, I can't say enough good things about her. But anyway, she's like, fine, whatever. So we get in the car, we drive over there and we get the van and on the way back, it is an absolute white out blizzard. Like it took hmm. about two hours to drive there to get there. It took us four and a half hours to get home in the, in the dark, in the blizzard. And so anyway, we got this van and lo and behold, about six, eight months later, July of 2012, about six months later, the prediction came true and, and, um, and that, that career ended at that marketing company. And, and so, um, I said, all right. And I had a couple, I had kind of some things going before then as far as the carpet business. Cause again, I just, I started focusing on a little bit more just because I could see again, what was coming. Um, but in July of 2012, we, uh, my brother-in-law who bought one of the other businesses that I had, we partnered up, his name's Cody. Um, and so we actually partnered up and created a company called Power Plus and we did carpet cleaning and restoration. And, and um, literally, and we bought another van we literally, I invested, I took out, I cleared out my 401k, cleared out my, I had some investments, cleared that account out, cleared out our savings. We maxed out two credit cards were 15, dollars $15, each. So we put about 150,000 or so into this company, just rolled the dice, did everything. But again, and, and what's weird is if, if now that I'm, I'm sitting here saying, I'm like, what an idiot, you know, who would do that? <laughs> um, but back then I, I literally didn't even think about it. I'm like, yeah, we'll just, Okay, we're gonna go for it. That's what we do, and we did, and and we just we rolled the dice. And that first year was tough. We, um, mm. I, I think, I think, I think figured out from what I was making the marketing. I was making you know a pretty high six figure income to what we were making. We took about an eighty percent pay cut for the first year. Um, mm. It was tough. A um, couple funny little things about that, and I'm gonna make a point about this later. But um, we came home from we came home from Thanksgiving um of my sister's house and the power was out hmm. and so with a oh we'll just wait till the power comes back on well 
It didn't come on. It didn't come on the next day. So we called our neighbors like, do you guys have power? I'm like, yeah. And we're like, oh, must just be us. Well, the power wasn't out. They turned our power off, you know? Uh. And so <laughs> that's what happens when you don't pay the power bill for like three months. I don't know, weird. They, 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 <laughs> Crazy. they actually, the just like everybody else, somehow they yeah. want to get paid. Weird. I don't, I didn't understand <laughs> that, I guess. But anyway, we're like, oh, okay. So for a couple of days, we just didn't have power. And it was, it was, you know, weird. And it was, I had, we had six kids um, from, I think our oldest was 15 or 16 on down. And so we're just like, all right, we just made do. And um, we had, well, and I think just to, just to highlight, I think one other thing that you'd uh, skipped over that we talked a little bit before is you start, so you went and bought this van, you got this going, and this was really, I think he said in the bottom of the recession, right? It was 2012. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, financial markets aren't doing well, foreclosures are at a high, more, you know, all those things are at a, at a high and which are not a good, you know, at least, yeah. in, you know, in conventional wisdom, not a good time to go spend a whole bunch of money, mortgage yeah. everything, leverage yourself up and try and start a business, you know, worked out li- looking back, but you know, that is, so, yeah. you know, did that ever cross your mind? Or you're just saying, Hey, this is a good opportunity. I think you can make a look of it. It's the band I want. And I, you have self-confidence and just get going. Did it ever cross your mind that the timing was less than ideal? Well, I'm sure it crossed my mind, but it was more like, what option do I have? Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it's, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh, this is a horrible time. I shouldn't do this. It was more like, well, I've got to do something. What's my game mm-hmm. plan? And so that was it. So it didn't really, I may have thought about it, but I don't ever remember consciously being like, oh, this is a horrible time. Now, it's interesting you say that though, because um, before we actually you know, started full time in July, I was asking, you know, talking to a few people and, and I, I had probably four or five people flat out tell me that, and, and again, where I live is in Fairview. And if you don't know where that is, the town's about 1200 people. Mm-hmm. Um, the county we live in, San Pete's, one of the poorest counties in the, in the state. We're all just a bunch of, you know, old redneck farmers down here, you know, and that's what we are. I like, I, I'm right there with you. So I, yeah, I'm in a small town. I, I like, I like small towns. So I, I can just imagine because <laughs> that's where, that's where I grew yeah. up as well. Everybody, a lot of people want to come down here, but um, it's hard to make a living, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's the bottom of the recession. Nobody has money, it seems like. And when I had I had no more than three or four people tell me that we will never make it down here. They, I mean, literally, like I had one specific guy that um, I know really well. He said, he says, yeah, he goes, you're going to do that? He goes, my son came down here a few years ago and, and started a carpet cleaning business and he couldn't make it work. He goes, I don't think you can do it. Well, and my partner, Cody, um, it was funny phenomenal guy and now he's he's the backbone of our company um mm. he just he's he's a work and he's a workhorse but um i told him and this is this is just how my mind thinks um and again yeah if you looked at that you know the recession we have you know no lot not we've invested every penny we've got we don't have a ton more we're not making very much to begin with this and that and the other and he's like well do you really think we can make enough to make a living i said i said cody i i believe within four years we could, we could be doing well over a million dollars. And he laughed at me, literally. He goes, <laughs> okay, you know. Now, if I were to defend him, it's good. I think every entrepreneur I've ever met or any startup guy always seems they're going to be like, we're going to be rich. And it's, yeah. so, it, it, you know, and so if I were to sell for, cause I've been there too. I'm like, I, and I told my wife and my, and we've done well and I've done some businesses, but every time I have a new idea or start a new business or doing anything else, she's like, 
yeah, this, here's another crazy idea. You say you're going to make a lot of money. Let, let's wait until you actually do it. And then we'll then we'll talk. So yeah. I get that. I, I bet I I bet on both sides of that conversation. Yeah. Well, it's funny because he bought my he bought one of my other businesses before one of those ones I bought and sold. He bought it, and he'd been running it for you know eight ten years, and he'd never even. I don't think you know he he's phenomenal. He's he's one of those guys that can do everything. And so mm-hmm. he had he had a lot of irons and different fires. He wasn't just a carpet cleaner, right? But, you know, he'd never been able to make a big, huge living on it. Just carpet cleaning. He did good with all the other things he got going. So down this little podunk town, little poor county, at the bottom of recession, you know, it was, it was I'm sure, hard for him to believe it. But I told him, I said, in five years, we sh- I, I believe we could be due over a million dollars. Well, it didn't take us five years. It took us four. And so, you know, now that doesn't mean we're making a million. That's just we did that in volume, you know. Wait, 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 but, wait. Let me get this straight. Revenue doesn't equal how much money you take home and no. put in your pocket. <laughs> no. I know, and I'm joking because I that's <laughs> that's the conception. I'm just like, oh, you've done seven and eight figure businesses. You must be just ready to reach. I'm like, no, you, you don't understand. Just because yeah. the business makes that much right. doesn't mean that's much how much I make. Yeah. So. <laughs> Weird concept. I know. Huh? It's, I know it's crazy, but yeah. So so and you guys are still doing that, right? The business is still around, you're still going gangbusters and still going forward. Oh, yeah, we're we're expanding. Um, last year was obviously a little a little speed bump. But um, coming into this year, we're, we, we're looking back at like the last two years previous to this, even, even the year before COVID, um, we, we're, we're almost double what we were just a couple years ago. And our, our biggest problem, honestly, is finding, you know, employees. We're just growing. We're growing pretty fast. And so, um, you know, for, fast forward now to today, um, we've got six or seven you know, we, me, we've got six cleaning bands out there. We've got a full flood restoration business. Um, we're doing, you know, well over, you know, almost double what we, what we ever hoped we would do. And mm. anyway, um, got other things happening stuff. Now we're looking at actually doing some franchising ourselves. And we, we've, I've taken that chemistry background, believe it or not. And we actually worked with um, some really good chemists and developed a specific cleaning product just specifically for us that, well, you know that because we're working with you on the trademarks. And yeah, stuff. I was going to say, full Sizeville. disclosure, Devron's an awesome client of ours. So it's for <laughs> everybody that wondered, don't go take his trademarks because otherwise we'll have to come after you. <laughs> and and just so you know, um, the way I found out about Miller Law Firm and Devon is he contacted me to do this podcast. He wasn't soliciting me for, he didn't even know if I had anything to trademark. He just He's, I don't even know how you heard about it. you. You read a story on online or something. And yeah, we we, can, I think it was. Yeah, I read the story online, connected on LinkedIn, reached out to you. Yeah. Thought it'd be fun to have you on the podcast. So right. I just love I just love sharing the startups and small yeah. business stories. So it was, it was a fun way to connect. Well, it was funny because it was perfect timing because we were looking to get our our new product and our business and everything trademarked. And in matter of fact, it, it didn't even dawn me. It took us like two or three interactions. We're like, oh wait. Miller IP lock. Oh wait, you do. But you do IP. Oh wait, property. we need a. Tra- We're looking for some. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked out really good, and now here we are. But um, fast forward to today, and you know it's great because now as a, you know I don't I don't actually do hardly any of the cleaning anymore. I get on the van every once in a while when need to or training a guy or things like that. But really now I, my my role is the, my title CEO, but. We don't use, use a lot of titles here, but it helps people understand the role. You take a managerial role. You're yeah. kind of now looking for the vision and how to grow it and, yeah. and improve it and franchise it. And I right. certainly get that. And it's always interesting because that's kind of where I've been with a lot of businesses. You start out, 
you're the guy that does everything. You're everything from taking out in the garbage to doing payroll to marketing and sales to doing the actual work and all everything in between. And then as the company matures and evolves, then you say, okay, I only have so much time. Where is my time most valuable? And then you start to focus that out and you become less of a generalist and more specific in the areas you can add the most value. So definitely makes sense. And you you find the right people. and, And that is key. That is the absolute key to growing a business. You cannot grow a business without having the right key people in place. And, and, and more importantly, you just got to trust them. Um, you got to find people you can completely trust. Like our, our office, um, we have a, a man, an office manager, her name's Sherry, and we call her the general because she literally runs the company. Um, and she is flat out amazing and, and just, just allows all the rest of us to focus on what we have to, you know, and then we have, you know, managers that run this and the, you know, managers that run that. And, and I, trust them implicitly and what's great about it is is when you give them that trust you give them that confidence they have a chance to shine and 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 even though you're still guiding and helping and you help portray the vision what what it allows them to do when you just give them the confidence and the power to run it it's it's incredible and and they've all stepped up and it's cody and other people i have a son now that you know he does a, a role and 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 if you hire the right people you can fully trust out there to keep your name and your reputation, your brand. And that's, that's huge. Then you can grow a company and, and we have an incredible team. And that's, and I, I, I assess a lot of our success to the team, not just, you know, mm-hmm. my, it might've been my vision, but the team is what helps create it. No. And I, and I definitely get that. Cause I get, you know, and it's, I just have to smile because a lot of what you everybody's journey is different, but there's always fun to see the commonalities. Yeah. And I always get the question because I run, I, I do my own IP firm and I have a couple of the businesses that I'm, that I'm running or I'm technically CEO of. And then people say, well, how do you juggle all those? And I says, well, I got a really good team to where yeah. I give a lot of that oversight, that vision. I give direction. I make sure things are done right. But I also have a lot of people that are assisting me to make it. And if I didn't have the team there, there's no way I could do it all on my own. So I, I yeah definitely get where you're coming from so well as we start to wrap up the podcast, and there's always so many more things i'd love to touch on that never have time to but as we start to wrap up the podcast i always have two questions i ask at the end of the podcast so we'll go ahead and jump to those now so the first question i always ask is along your journey what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it the worst the worst decision i've ever made um Mm -hmm. hiring the wrong people for sure Mm -hmm. um and we luckily we've we've hired for the most part really good guys um we hired we actually thought decided to expand we're, we're in utah obviously we decided to we had a really good guy that um that wanted to kind of partner with us or work with us and he was in temecula california we thought hey we know this guy we trust him he's actually a family guy brother-in-law great guy though um and the two things i learned from that was one we didn't make him invest anything um and this is coming back to what i said earlier if you're going to, especially if you're ever going to expand or partner or bring people on, they have absolutely have to invest money, not just time. Time mm-hmm. is too easy to walk away from. Money's mm-hmm. not. Um, so we're like, hey, you know, we started this. We invested about, you know, we bought a new van. We bought all the stuff. We, we spent about a hundred grand, um, got it all set up. We did all the marketing, got it going, doing really well. And then, you know, um, it, it kind of got to where the honeymoon phase of it wore off. And there was actually some work involved. And you were like, hey, you got to be the guy on the ground. You got, we need you to go and do this and this and this. We'll do all the marketing. And anyway, kind of got to the point where it's like, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. And so mm-hmm. he walked away. Um, and there were a couple other things on our end that we need to take responsibility. It wasn't all his fault. We want to blame it all on, on him. But yeah. because there was no financial commitment to it, um, he, you know, 
he kind of walked away. Now we brought that van back, we expanded, we used it. So it all worked out okay. We made it work. But one of the worst decisions I made was hiring the wrong people for the wrong position. And then we, one other instance, just to quickly help sure. you understand this, but we hired one guy specifically. He was a good technician. Matter of fact, he had, he had the most experience. He had the most um, years in the industry. He could do all kinds of different things that even I can't do in the company. Like he, he had skills that I not even I can do. So he was our most profitable employee. Literally, he brought in more revenue than any other employee and, and not even by, by, by a large margin. Hmm. But what he did to our culture and what he did to our company as far as like attitude and things like that, um, you know, we're, we're constantly getting calls from people on the highway for we had a couple in anyway, I won't get into that. But anyway, it really damaged our brand as well. Um, and, and it made it really hard. And so we he's the only person that we've ever actually fired in the company because of that. Mm. And it really did affect our, our culture. And so I would say probably the worst decision was hiring the wrong people. Um, really take a look at what is your culture? Does that person fit your culture? Can you trust them fully? And if you can't, do not hire them. I don't care how much money they can make you. It's not worth it. No, and I agree 100%. You know, and it's interesting. I think everybody goes in, there's always a couple misconceptions. There are a lot of people go into one and you always, and when you first get into your own business or a startup, you always think everybody's going to work as hard as you are. And it's, I think it's <laughs> what that you think that, that you hire people and you're like, wait, they just are working a few hours. They want to get paid for every little thing. They're not yeah. invested. They don't. And it's one of those where you always, you always think, and then you always think that they're going to work as hard as you as, and they don't. And I, I'm not faulting them. It's no, no. much different when you're, you know, when you're the yeah. person that founded it and you're putting in the blood, sweat and tears and you're saying, yeah. I've got to make it work, but it's always an interesting dynamic. And then the second thing I always think is, is people always think they're a lot better at hiring than they are, at least out of the shoot. There's a lot of things that you think, oh, I can read people. I know people. They'll do this and they'll do that. And I'm not going to make the same mistakes that I used to see my bosses make. I'm going to do it great. And it's it's hard. It's, it's hard to find the right person. And, you know, you do interviews, you try and meet them, you try and get to know them. But if you, if you can get the right person, they can make a huge difference. And if you get the wrong person, just as you said, they can affect the culture and they can change things in direction. They start to pull you and it's usually that death by a thousand cuts to where they start to pull you in directions and say, okay, well, I wouldn't do it that way. I don't like it, but you know, and you make exceptions and you make more exceptions and it keeps pulling you in different directions. So I absolutely agree that, you know, hiring the right people and taking that time and a lot of time and I'll definitely let you chime in, but one of the things I found is taking it and slowing the process down so that, you know, too often when you're, especially startup small business mode, you're, you're running, you know, running around, oh, we need somebody, we need them now, we got to get this person in the place because we're, we have too much work to get done. So you go and hire someone, you do it too quickly. And then because you do too quickly, you don't take the time to slow down and vet them. And while yes, you got somebody quickly, it's not the right person, you end up spending more time than if you just slowed it down in the first place. That's, that's really true. And, and here's the deal. Don't, don't beat yourself up if you do hire someone that doesn't isn't a perfect fit and they quit or they walk away because that'll happen no matter what. Um, it, it just will. That's just the nature of, of people. When they see an opportunity come up, they they go for something different or whatever. But um, if you can, if you like you said, if you can vet it, if you can screen a little bit, if you can somehow uh, get a little bit of taste of who they are um, and and what they what they're like on a on a integrity level. Um, It'll go a long, long way. But again, don't be afraid to hire. You, you know, when you need to hire, you got to hire. And, and you can't always wait for the perfect guy. Sometimes you have to take what, what, what you get and then try to mold that by being the kind of person or the kind of boss, the CEO, the manager to help shape them into that kind of a person. One thing we do is we, a book, and I've got it right here, but um, 
we have every one of our employees read a book called Good to Great. If you haven't read it, it's one mm, of the most amazing book. books. Um, it really teaches people about that and the culture and also how to create the culture to help people want to be here um, for your company. And that, that can be a big part of it too. But, you know, um, just try, like you said, slow it down if you can. Um, don't be afraid to make some mistakes in hiring. You're going to make some, but I will say this. If you realize that this person is wrong for your company, wrong for your culture, it hurts your other employees. I don't care how much revenue it is. If it's, if it's a negative to that, cut it. Mm-hmm. You've got to cut it. And yeah. it sounds, it sounds vicious and it sounds mean and it sounds, you know, uh, capitalistic or whatever you want to call it, but it will, it, it, it can damage your company and your brand and your reputation so fast. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost scary. Absolutely. So, so now we're going to jump to my second question, which is if you're just, you're talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, I would say be fearless. Um, it really does take that. Um, I, I have talked to so many people. I was, a uh, I was coaching football for my son, just, you know, the little league football type stuff, seventh, eighth grade kind of a thing. Um, one of my assistant coaches, great guy, still good friends to this day. Um, he came up to me and says, we got talking about business. Like he, he goes, I have got the idea that I know will make me a millionaire. I just know it will. And I'm like, awesome. What is it? He's like, I'm not going to tell you, you'll go do it. And I said, well, one, I won't, but two, and I, he's, I said, I said, fine, don't tell, I don't care what it is. I said, why don't you go do it? He's like, he literally said, because I'm, I'm afraid I'll fail. Mm. And, and I think that has stopped more people from ever becoming successful than any other thing. And so if you're going to be an entrepreneur, I actually taught entrepreneurship class at our high school um, here for, uh, for, for a while, just because I, I like doing, it. I volunteered for it. And, and, uh, they let me do it and stuff. And I always told them, I said, look, if in, in, in business, yes, make smart, edu- make educated decisions, get as much information as you can and, and try to make them educated decisions. But at some point in time, you've got to pull the trigger and it will mm-hmm. never be a perfect time. It'll, it's going to be a, a recession. It's going to be 2012. It's going to be, you don't have money. You don't have this. I had six kids, you know, um, my, my power got shut off. And, and I was going to tell you, um, that Christmas, um, we lived out in kind of the boonies, so we were on a propane system, not not natural gas. Well, we got home from my sister's again on the 23rd, and we didn't have any propane. So we had no way to heat our house, couldn't run our stove, couldn't run our, our um, dryer. We literally had nothing. We, we, we ran out of propane. We didn't have any to buy anymore. So come, come Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve, we were just cuddled up in blankets, and we made the best of it. No, we weren't crying mm. about it. And anyway, we got some we ended up getting some that day, uh, believe it or not, um, someone heard about us and, and helped us a little bit, which was super nice. But, you know, again, you just got to be kind of fearless. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to invest money and most of all, I mean, money and time, then just stop, stop thinking about being an entrepreneur because it's not for you. Um, mm. If you're not willing to invest those things and have uh, take some risk and be a little bit fearless, it may not be for you. And, and entrepreneurism isn't, isn't for everybody. It's, it's true. It's not, it's, it can be a hard road. It can be scary. It can be, um, you know, again, like I said, I had an amazing wife that supported me, but if, if you're not willing to take some risk, invest money and the time, then just stop thinking about it. Just stay at your job, do what you do, learn to love it, be your best at it and forget it. Because if, if you, if you go into it, without being willing to do those things, I, I don't know if you'll ever make it. 
No, and I agree with you because I mean, and I always laugh because to your point, you get a whole bunch of people say, I got the world's best ideas and it's going to change the world. And then he's, and then it's like, you know, I've come to, and because I do a lot on the IP side and I hear a lot of great, and there are a lot of great ideas, but then it always comes down to is the execution of the idea, not the idea itself. Meaning you can have the world's best idea. If you never do anything with it, guess what? Either one day somebody else will do it and you'll say, I had that idea 10 years ago and I could have been that, I could have been them and say, well, but you didn't like, you have to yeah. actually follow through and execute. So it's always the execution of the idea. That's a difference between somebody that's always just dreaming or, or the idea guy versus someone that actually builds something. So I think that there's a lot of uh, wisdom to learn there well that that thing we're doing with you on the on the trademark we actually did it a different version of it um about two years ago we lost about 30 grand on that one um but i'll tell you what we've learned what we learned was everything that we needed to do different and whatnot to get to the point where we're now working with you again we're gonna we're gonna relaunch it repackage it and kind of reformulate it um you know so it was the thirty thousand dollar learning experience but mm-hmm. um you know, and we had the money to invest at that point. It wasn't wasn't very really devastating at that point. But you know, again, we still had to still had to invest the time. We had to invest the money. We did a risk um, that quote unquote didn't work, but it prepared us for what's coming, and we think it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot better. And of course, you know, you have a little bit of a clue what that is. But anyway, sure. No, and I and I'm, I definitely agree with you. I think that sometimes, even if you even if it fails, you learn a lot, and you say, okay, now when we do it again next time, we know all the things that we're going to do differently. But if you never get into it, you never try you're definitely never going to have those successes or you're going to have that opportunity. Well, as we wrap up, if people want to, they want you to, they want to hire you. They want to have you clean their carpets. They want to be an investor. They want to be an employee. They want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above. What's the best way to reach out or find out more? You know, obviously for, for any cleaning services, um, things like that, our website's the easiest thing to go to. You can get all the information. We have some amazing before and after videos. They're just fun to watch no matter if you need us in our service or not. There's really cool. Um, but it's just powerpluscleaning.com. Um, our website's on there. I mean, our phone number's on there, email's on there. Um, you know, if you're looking for a good employment opportunity, we, you know, we're always looking for uh, the right people. Um, we're not looking for good people. We're looking for the right people. And literally it's one of those things where we find the right person, we'll find a job for you um, mm-hmm. if, if, if you're the right person. Um, we, we do have opportunities for expansion. If you want to, you know, talk about possibly getting into partner, being a partner with power plus in an area of French, it's not a franchise, we call it partnership and there's details mm-hmm. that we can explain, but, um, our website's always the best place to go to find out the most information for us. All right. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to check it out, whether it's looking for employment, looking for a franchise or for a partnership, looking for, uh, for, for a carpet cleaner for any other reason, because there's certainly plenty of reasons to reach out. Well, thank you again, Devron, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show. We'd love to share your journey. Two more things as listeners. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player. So you know what? All of our op- awesome episodes come out and to leave us a review so other people can find out about the awesome episodes last but not least if you ever need help with patents trademarks or anything else just go to strategymeeting.com grab some time with us to chat thanks again devron and uh, wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last okay thanks again devon we'll be talking to you soon absolutely